Welcome to the Empowered Modern Witches Show. I'm Tanae Stewart, the Witch of Lupin Hollow, and a self-love and empowerment coach. I'm here to help you embody simplicity in your spiritual practice and to feel confident bringing empowering magic and rituals into your real daily life. Join me each week for practical insights on the seasons and the stars. Welcome back to the Empowered Modern Witches Show. I'm Tanae Stewart, your host, and I am really excited to be back after a bit of a break um, to talk about a really important topic. So this is the first podcast episode that I have recorded actually in two months. Uh, today is July 6th, 2020. I haven't put one out since May. I didn't intend to take a break, but here we are. <laughs> it is a crazy time in the world, um, and I've had just a lot of things going on in my business and in my own personal life, we're getting ready to move. Uh, so there's just been a million other things happening. So I'm really excited to be returning to the podcast and creating these episodes again, because I think that the podcast format is just a lot of fun. It's really accessible and they're really fun for me to do too. So I'm excited to be back. Hopefully you are excited to be back listening. So as I said, I'm here to talk about a really important topic today. Uh, we're going to be talking about cultural appropriation, the problem that it presents, especially within the spiritual and witchcraft community, uh, and how we can be better, you know, how we can consciously choose not to engage in cultural appropriation and how we can really take action in our own lives and our own practices to choose a different path. So first off, uh, I want to just address, you know, what is cultural appropriation and why is it so important and why is it coming up now, right? So cultural appropriation is truly a rampant problem in our community as witches, as spiritual people. Uh, many quote unquote new age practices are rooted in Native American and Asian traditions and traditions from other cultures. And the problem is that they don't give credit or support to the people who are actually from those cultures. So the New Age community is... I don't know if it's predominantly white. I don't, I haven't seen any specific statistics on that, um, on the demographics of our community. And there are witches of every background, of every race, of every sexual identity. You know, witches really occupy a very interesting intersection of different cultures and different beliefs and different traditions and different identities, right? It's a very safe and welcoming space theoretically. And so, you know, witchcraft really calls in people of all different backgrounds and all different needs. And so on the one hand, we're a very diverse community. But on the other hand, what we typically see and what has, you know, become most visible in mainstream culture is the, you know, very white new age spirituality that is sort of promoted through, you know, festival culture and new age music and, and all of these different things. And on the one hand, it's wonderful to see, you know, some of these practices, uh, you know, things like mindset work and, you know, working with the, the laws of abundance. Um, you know, they can be really supportive and they can really help us to reconnect with, our own spirituality, to reconnect with our own true selves, um, and to start to dismantle some of the things that we've been conditioned to believe about ourselves or about the world. And yet, a lot of that conditioning from, you know, the, the 
general overarching patriarchal society has kind of infiltrated these these spiritual communities um, pretty insidiously, honestly. So we're seeing a lot of, or we've been seeing for quite some time, we've been seeing a lot of cultural appropriation um, in the new age and spiritual communities. We've been seeing a lot of just really oppressive language being used that really takes people's power away from them. Um, you know, things like Spiritual bypassing is sort of the catch-all term for things like, you know, telling someone that they need to work on their mindset in order to get what they want. You know, on the one hand, yes, that's true. We do have the power to control so many things in our reality, but we cannot discount the things that we don't have control over, the things that, you know, our society uses to intentionally and very insidiously keep people down. And so practices like spiritual bypassing and cultural appropriation have become really, really rampant and very widespread through this community. Um, and it's something that I personally really just hate to see because it is so contradictory and so in direct opposition to the true values of what it means to be a witch. Being a witch is a responsibility. It is a duty to stand up for others. It's a duty to empower yourself and other people. It's about justice in so many ways. And this is something that I have really been stepping into claiming more and more in my own life and in my own practice. Um, I wouldn't say it's something that I've denied in the past, but it isn't something that I've fully embraced in the past. And so I'm really stepping into this more and I invite you to explore it and to do the same for yourself because it really is truly very powerful. We have so much power when we start to become aware of and acknowledge and name the things that are problematic in our own communities. You know, being a witch is 100% not about blind faith in anything ever. <laughs> and so it's so important and so essential that we can really, you know, point out and we can really name where there are problems and we can know that we have the power to fix them, but only if we, you know, are aware and acknowledge that they're there. We can never fix or heal something that we either don't know about or that, you know, we're not willing to admit. And so to bring this back to the topic of specifically cultural appropriation, um, you know, cultural appropriation is literally, you know, the act of basically stealing an idea or a practice or an object uh, or a symbol from a culture without giving that culture attribution in some way. Um, so that attribution could, you know, at the very least, it should be credit that this comes from this place or this idea originates from this culture. Um, and never, you know, just acting as if all of these different practices and traditions are part of some homogenous, you know, spirituality, um, when really they do come from their own sacred traditions. And you really can't just take a sacred tradition out of context. You know, there's always, always, Always context. And so when we do that, when we take a practice or an object out of its original cultural context, it both loses some of its sacredness and we're not giving it really its due. You know, we're really not allowing it to stand in its true power. Um, and so, you know, a lot of times when we get into these conversations about cultural appropriation, people will say, well, I just appreciate that culture. I'm not stealing from it. 
Um, and there is a difference. You can appreciate a culture without appropriating it, but I will be fully honest with you, that is way, way, way easier said than done. Um, you know, there are a lot of things that we can specifically do, and I'm going to share some tips on, you know, ways we can avoid cultural appropriation whenever possible. Um, but it's also, you know, we're always needing to check ourselves. Being a witch is very much about shadow work. I really believe that although your witchcraft practice can look like whatever feels right for you, I really believe that shadow work is the foundation of what it means to be a witch, no matter, you know, how it shows up for you. And, you know, we have to constantly, constantly be checking those shadows, be checking in with ourselves and saying, you know, am I still you know, holding up the values that I said I did, that I said I would hold up? Am I still in alignment with my truth or am I slipping into these patterns that I've been conditioned to believe are acceptable? Uh, and so the main difference between cultural appreciation and cultural appropriation is that there is a direct link to the people who are indigenous to that culture. So this could mean, you know, if you want to buy things like dream catchers, for example, you should always be buying them from someone who is indigenous to the culture that they are from. Um, it can also mean learning from indigenous people. So, you know, actually, you know, taking a class taught by someone who is indigenous to the culture that you're interested in, or, you know, working with them as a mentor, seeking out people and books and websites that are there to educate you, that are there to share information and to share ideas in the right way, right? That they are being shared by the people who hold them most sacred. Because I really think that kind of the farther we get away from the indigenous existence, the indigenous place that a practice comes from, the farther we get from that indigenous culture, the more diluted the practice becomes. You know, like I was saying, as we, when we take something out of its context, it loses some of its sacredness. And this goes in any direction, right? This works in any way, but it especially works with cultural practices, witchcraft traditions from cultures of people of color because the truth is that people of color all over the world have been oppressed for generations, for hundreds of years. And so although there is absolutely sacredness in indigenous European cultures, in, in the culture of people who are white like myself, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that as well, there is lots of sacredness from our indigenous cultures. But, you know, we can we are the only ones who can culturally appropriate because we are the so-called dominant culture or we're the oppressive culture, um, the culture that has sort of lorded over all of the other cultures for a very, very long time. Um, and it's much more nuanced than that, of course. It's a very complex subject. But at the end of the day, the basic principle is if you are white, as I am, and you are learning indigenous practices, whatever culture those are from that you're interested in, if you're learning those indigenous practices from someone else who is also white, that is appropriation. It's as simple as that. Um, and I want to add a little bit of nuance to that, though. So 
This does not mean that if you are white that you can't learn a practice from an indigenous person and then share it with other people, right? It does not mean that. But anytime that we are teaching something from a culture that is not our own, uh, we need to be really, really careful and really, really aware of how we are representing that culture and how we are representing ourselves. And this is one of the reasons why in my own work, I really pretty specifically, I teach witchcraft that is founded in Celtic traditions. If you are not of Celtic ancestry, you know, I'm going to work with you. If you're, if you're my client, I'm going to work with you to help you really discover your own ancestry and to apply, you know, my Celtic knowledge as is appropriate for you. Um, but, you know, I have Celtic ancestry myself. I also have some like Greco-Roman ancestry. So, you know, those are the areas where I am most qualified to speak about because they are my own experience. They are my own lineage. Um, and so I choose, you know, really not to, to teach the traditions of other cultures that I am not from, but it doesn't mean that you can't do that. It just means that if you're going to do that, if you're going to teach practices from a culture that's not your own, you both need to have learned those practices from someone who is indigenous to that culture. You need to have their permission to then go out into the world and teach it to someone else. And in your teaching, you need to make sure that you are staying connected with people who are in that culture, um, who are from that culture, so that they can continue to inform the way that you speak about their practices. Um, you know, even if they have become fully integrated into your own life, we always need to stay tapped in and connected to where those practices came from. Um, now, if you're from the student perspective here, then, you know, you're you're going to want to make sure that you, as much as possible, seek out teachers who are from the culture that you want to work with. Um, and that you are, if you are working with a teacher who is not from the, the indigenous culture that you're, you're working with, you want to make sure that you understand where their information came from. You want to make sure that the information you are receiving is as true as possible. Um, and I really recommend that you do learn from multiple people. You know, if there is a teacher who is not from the indigenous culture that you want to, to learn from, but you really want to work with them, um, you know, work with them, but also find someone who is indigenous to that culture to learn from as well. Um, you know, anytime that we are removed from that context, we're really losing layers of depth, layers of nuance, and layers of sacredness. So it's so important that we seek that out whenever possible. Now, the other thing that we can do that I think is also pretty essential to being a witch um, is reclaiming our own lineage of magic. So one of the reasons that cultural appropriation has become so rampant in our community is because those of us who are white, we often feel that we don't have culture of our own, right? Culture, quote unquote, seems like it's something foreign. It's something outside of ourselves. And the reason that we feel that way is because we are part of the dominant and oppressive culture, right? Our culture 
is no culture. Our culture is so-called normal. Um, and so we often feel that we're like disconnected from source. We're disconnected from our own culture. And so we go seeking it from other people. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, like I've been saying, you can absolutely learn practices from other cultures uh, and, you know, learn them from the right people and in the right way. But the truth is that it's not actually that as white individuals, we don't have culture. That is absolutely not true. It's that we have been disconnected from the truth of our culture. The truth of our culture is that as descendants of indigenous Europeans, we are descended from a very long line of magic and witchcraft and paganism. And, you know, the truth of everything is that you only have to go back, I think it's a maximum of 80 generations, to find your pagan ancestors. Now, you really can't go back that far for most of us. You know, we we just can't trace our ancestry that far back. But 80 generations is essentially when Christianity really began and when pagan religions started to fall by the wayside. And so before that, basically everyone was pagan in some form or another. And so we all have pagan ancestors. We all have magical ancestors. Whether or not they identified as witches, all cultures have some kind of tradition of magic and of healing, no matter how far back we have to go in order to find that. And so whether you are white, whether you are a descendant of indigenous Europeans, or whether you are descended from any other culture in the world, reclaiming the practices from your own ancestral culture is incredibly powerful and it's very deeply healing because for most of us, we've been very exiled from those practices. And that is, you know, it's a part of the patriarchal society. It's just, you know, one more cog in the system that has kept us from being connected to source. Um, and so reclaiming your own lineage of magic, not only learning from people from other cultures, you know, but really learning of learning about your own culture. How many of us really know how our ancient ancestors practiced their spirituality? There is lots of information about this. There's lots of things we can learn about this. Um, but we tend to think, oh, well, you know, I'm white. I, my ancestors were Christian. And so I need to seek, I need to seek this enlightenment from somewhere else. Um, but the reality is that somewhere in your ancestry, somewhere in your heritage, there is magic, full stop. Um, it doesn't matter if there are witches in your family tree, so to speak. It just matters that we are all descended from magical ancestral cultures. And so really reclaiming those practices, learning about them, learning about your own innate magic is deeply, deeply powerful. Now, at the same time, it's essential that we listen to and amplify the voices of witches of color. There's this really deep complexity here. Um, and being a witch is about holding complexity. On the one hand, it's very deeply healing and essential work for us each to reclaim our own lineage, our own heritage, the magic of our own ancestral cultures. On the other hand, it's essential that, you know, 
we learn from and we amplify the voices of people of color within our spiritual community. So this is the fine line, right? So this is the fine line between knowledge hoarding, between learning things and not doing anything with them, and acting without cause, okay? So I talk a lot about knowledge hoarding on this podcast and on all of my other other platforms, Basically, knowledge hoarding is where like we take in all the information, we read all the books, we, you know, follow all of the Instagrammers and we learn all the things about being a witch or about anything else. And then we don't bring it into our real world in any way. If you're not actually practicing, then you're not really a witch. Being a witch is about practicing your spirituality. It's a very physical experience. And that can look like absolutely anything. There are no rules in witchcraft, but you know, you have to actually practice. You have to take that action. And yet, sometimes learning from someone does not mean we need to go out and do all of their practices. So it's both essential that we learn from witches of color, that we learn from brujas, that we learn from people who have very different practices and beliefs from our own, but that are still rooted in magic and in witchcraft. But learning from them does not always mean that we need to go out and do all of the things they've taught right? There's a very fine line here. And being a witch is very much about feeling into those complexities and understanding that you both have to practice, you have to take action. Um, You know, being a witch is not just about reading books and learning things, but that being a witch is also about knowing when it's time to be quiet, knowing when it's time to be still, knowing when it's not time to do anything, it's just time to listen, And really being a witch is about complexity in every way. You know, I like to think of this, I think the the best analogy I've come up with for this is that as witches, we're aligned with the cycles of nature, right? Most of us work with some combination of the moon phases, the seasons, the astrological transits and the movement of the planets. Um, Some of us might also work with a menstrual cycle. So we're working with all of these different cycles, but these cycles do not line up. Each cycle is a cycle within a cycle, right? So we have, for example, like we'll have the full moon in Libra during Aries season at the spring equinox. You know, that's a celebration of other, it's a celebration of relationships and of peace and of harmony at a time of the year when otherwise we're thinking about self and fiery action. Um, You know, we have all of these different cycles and phases that intersect. Um, And that intersection, that very complex intersectionality, is really what being a witch is all about. It's about being able to hold all of these different ideas and cycles and systems in our heads and in our hearts all at the same time. It's knowing that we can exist in more than one space at one time. And, you know, so sometimes being a witch is about taking action and sometimes being a witch is about shutting up and listening to someone else, right? We have to be able to do all of those things. We have to be able to use our voices and to be quiet. We have to be able to learn from other people and to to teach and to share our own wisdom. We have to be able to do all of the things, honestly. You know, it's so important and so essential that we start to think about 
the ways that our different identities and our different experiences intersect to create our whole person and to create our whole spiritual practice. Because we are not one faceted, you know, we are multifaceted people and multifaceted beings. And it's our responsibility as witches to start to really hold that complexity and to recognize that we fit into this picture and we are our own picture, right? It's, it's very much this matter of layers of complexity. So I shared a post um, about a month ago now that really was very well received. I was very honored by how many people shared it. And I'm just going to read the post to you because I think it is really an essential, essential stance for me, for my business, for this space, and I think for the witchcraft community as a whole. So the post reads, being a witch is not something that is merely trendy or aesthetic. It's not just a hashtag or a sparkly crystal collection on Instagram. Being a witch is a responsibility to uplift and empower others, to use your innate wisdom and power to transform the world around you, to confront and transmute your shadows, biases, and ingrained racism, to be an advocate against oppression. This space is intended to be a safe, sacred space for Black, Indigenous, people of color, for LGBTQ plus folks, for descendants of Indigenous Europeans, and for all. Here, you are encircled by empowered modern witches like yourself, who are here to listen and to stand for your freedom, safety, and human rights. To me, that's really like a, a little mini manifesto of what it means to be a witch because witches are about justice. We are about empowerment. We are about complexity. And we are about listening, you know? I think that being a witch is truly about knowing when it's time to speak and when it's time to listen. And that's not something that has always come very naturally to me, but but I'm working on it. I'm stepping more into it. I'm letting go of my own, my own ego in certain situations. Um, and I'm, I'm learning, I'm listening. And I really invite you and encourage you to do the same, you know, do some learning about your own culture, do some learning from other people about their own cultures and ask yourself how you can reclaim your own lineage of magic, how you can amplify the voices of witches of color, and what you can do to help rectify some of the rampant problems in our community. Every community has problems, so it's okay that they exist. It's just our job and our time to stand up and to speak against them. So I hope that this has resonated with you. I hope that it's helped you to think about the, the issues of cultural appropriation a little bit differently and to think about how you can, you know, really take action in your own life and practice to, to correct some of the damage, to repair some of the harm that has been done to people from cultures of color um, in our spiritual community. I would love to hear your thoughts about this. Come and join the free Empowered Modern Witches group. There's a link in the description of this episode. Um, come and join the group and share your thoughts. You know, I have a really beautiful new set of guidelines that I've just shared this week in the group that are all about this, that are all about respecting one another's paths, reclaiming our own ancestry, um, and, you know, really coming together to, to nurture a culture and a community of safety. 
So come and join us. I would love to hear what you think. And I will see you next time on the Empowered Modern Witches Show.